weird times, creepy crimes, and unexplained phenomena. If it's weird and it's in Florida, it's on the SoFlo Weird Show. I'm your host and head weirdo, Mia Lorenzo. So here's a funny story. A what were they thinking story, or maybe what was I thinking? I had decided to produce a short segment on news of the weird because so many bizarre crimes happen here. You know, when you're watching the news and you say, of course, that's one of those only in Florida stories. So as I enlisted the help of a few weird friends, we recorded a session pulling just a few crime headlines from the file. What follows made us laugh so hard, I decided to just let it roll for the entire show. So be prepared to laugh, cringe, and say, what the... Remember, if you like what you hear, then be sure to subscribe to the SoFlo Weird Show podcast. I'm joined once again by Chris Mancini and a new weird correspondent, Pilar. Welcome, Pilar. It's so nice to have you. It's really nice to be here. <laughs> so we're going to throw some stories at you and we're going to talk about them. Chris, what have you got on your plate? I like this story. This goes back to 2012. There's a young man named Steve Mohall from Coral Springs who was on probation and had to go visit his judge, Judge Michael Orlando, in the Broward County Courthouse. Well, on the way out of the courthouse, uh, Steve decided to stop by the judge's chambers and help himself to the judge's nameplate off the judge's door. Now, that may not have been the smartest thing to do, but he then proceeded down that same path to make it worse by posting a picture of himself on Facebook, proudly holding up the judge's nameplate while he had a bag of marijuana and a lighter (laughs) on his lap. Of course, it didn't take anybody too long to report this to the sheriff's office. This $40 nameplate ended up landing Mr. Mulhall in prison. <laughs> not he the sharpest tool in the shed, is he? Not the sharpest tool in the shed. Not the sharpest nameplate on the door. That's all I can say. I'm, my only question is, I wonder what kind of nameplate they put on his prison cell. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. Don't know that one. Don't know the answer to that one. You know what, though? But there's been a lot of crimes that have happened like that, where they just post and they're just just too stupid to even think about it. But now well, he got what was coming to him. <laughs> so I've got a funny one here. Bizarre drama in Pines, man found shot dead amid bombs, apparent suicide in rigged home. Now, get this. The Thomas Edward Whalen, who neighbors knew, was a tough-talking, hard-drinking man who wore army fatigues, combat boots, and liked to show off his arsenal of guns and explosives. So have you got the picture of this guy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Police encountered another side of Whalen, age 41, on Wednesday when they found him dead in his Pembroke Pines home wearing high heel cowboy boots, got hot mm-hmm. pink press-on nails, and dressed in a cowgirl costume with a white top and blue fringe skirt. <laughs> he apparently died from a self-inflicted gunshot to the forehead, surrounded by homicide explosives set to go off. Did he have a pink pistol? <laughs> Probably. Wow. Uh, but it goes to show you, don't you don't you don't always know your neighbors, do you? Or maybe you don't want to always know yeah, your no, neighbors. You don't. Especially the time he took to put on his press-on nails. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, those are the guys they always say later, I can't believe he did that. He was the nicest guy. Yeah. He was always being polite. Of course, they weren't out in the bars with him at nighttime. But apparently he had two sides. I mean, he was this tough guy. You think he's tough guy, but I think so he much. had more than two sides. Yes. I have a lawyer friend who tells me every time he sees me in the courtroom, we sit down in front of the judges with other lawyers and they go, 
I wonder who's wearing panties in this room. <laughs> says that every time. And you time. know it. You know it. It kind of makes me, gives me the creeps, actually. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. That's why this is perfect for this show. Florida is just the breeding ground for yes. this weird criminal activity. That's right. So, Pilar, you've got a good one over there, right? I do. This is a curious one. So, this is from 2011, November... November, just around Thanksgiving time. Suspect jailed in buttocks injections with cement. (laughs) So a person has been charged with acting as the assistant for the fake doctor accused of leaving patients with life-threatening injuries from a buttocks enhancement procedure. So this guy named Corey Alexander Eubank was charged with two counts of unlicensed practice of a healthcare professional with serious injury and two counts acting as a principal. He aided O'Neill Ron Morris, who police say is a man but identifies as a woman. Clients of Morris believe they were getting a backside enhancement, but what they really got, according to police, were injections of cement, mineral oil, oh. fixaflat, and super glue. And this has Yummy. become Yeah, <laughs> this has become the case of the toxic tush. Oh yeah. Gives hard rock abs a whole new meaning, yeah. doesn't it? So, buns of steel, <laughs> buns, buns of, of cement. But, of but cement. here's the interesting part about this. Now, according to the Broward Sheriff's investigators, two women drove to a Motel 6 in Dania Beach to meet Morris. The women told investigators that Morris looked and spoke like a medical doctor. Morris oh, come reported, on. Come, really? Motel 6? Okay. That's right. All right. My exactly my point. That's exactly right. my point. You walk in, you think that you're going to get a treatment in a Motel 6? Right. But these Stupid women were they so... They the light on for you. Well, exactly. Then <laughs> that's the only thing that'll be left, probably. Um, so she, Morris reportedly described to each woman that a beauty procedure that consisted of injecting them up to 22 times... Oh my Up God! Up to twenty-two yeah. times with silicone, in the, yeah, sure. you know, <laughs> quotation marks in each buttock. According to arrest reports, they were then instructed to soak their buttocks with salt, <laughs> alcohol, and peroxide, and run around oh, like a chicken on. for five minutes, and then rub it with Vaseline. <laughs> That's right. what? Yeah, sure. yeah, and you know, then like in the article, it talks I about. I saw how, this movie. Yeah, exactly. I it this. talks about um, her mother uh, uh, talking about her daughter, saying that her daughter was always concerned about her looks and. She always thought that she didn't have a big enough rear end. And I was telling her that she's perfectly beautiful the way she is. And so, of course, the girl became ill with fever and was near death. And, And I just think to myself, what makes a person walk into a Motel 6 thinking that they are going to get a procedure that will leave them better than they were before. As somebody desperate. It's the magazines that everybody's looking at. That's what it is. But can you imagine when... the comic books. Wait a minute. Imagine this. You go and you sit down. You You try to sit down. You you can't can't. sit. It's a shelf. Basically, they're building a shelf. There was a... When I lived in Columbia, there was a woman who had had a buttocks enhancement. Yeah. And she she was a very, very famous model, and she used to travel back and forth. She used to commute to the to the coast of Colombia from the capital. And the, one of the things that the stewards and the stewardesses used to do is that they, they, would, they would hide the pillows because she would always ask for pillows because she could not sit wow. on her buttocks for very long. And so then they would say, oh, we're out of pillows, just to make her suffer as a joke because okay. they knew. And, oh, but can you imagine cruelty. not being able to sit for no. 45 minutes? What's that no. song? I like big butts. I like big butts. I and not I, yeah. lie. I <laughs> yeah. love it. Well, I... 
think I'll stay with my Not practical. <laughs> yeah, no. Not practical. No. Yeah. But a heck of an interesting story. Yeah. To be the butt of many jokes. <laughs> to be the butt of many jokes, yeah. <laughs> Chris, you have another one? Oh, I got another one. Yeah. Okay, so back in the day when Dick Capon was the publisher of the Miami Herald, he was reported to be a very conservative fellow. And this was during the rage of the cocaine use during uh, Miami's height of cocaine use. And he decided that every reporter in the Miami Herald was going to have to take a drug test. Now, why he was picking on the reporters, I don't know. It may have something to do with the quality of their work at that time. But in any event, the reporters didn't take too kindly to this announcement by the publisher. So someone filled up hundreds of glass vials with a yellow liquid substance and put them in Mr. Capon's office and all along the walls and all along the, uh, all the file cabinets. And I guess Mr. Capon backed off, decided that, no, I guess you don't have to contribute any more yellow liquids to (laughs) to the Herald after all. And that was the end of that story. But it must have been quite a day for those guys walking into the the newsroom that day. That is bizarre. It's just typical for Miami. Yeah, absolutely typical. Like the guy that used to climb naked all the time on the tower right outside the Miami Herald building. Remember that big, big tower right next to the bay? Yes. He used to climb up to the top of it naked, just sit there protesting whatever he felt like protesting. They kept going up, taking him down. Makes for good stuff. That's why we have a show like this one. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So this one's a good one. Florida man used weather balloon to make suicide look like murder, police say. This is like a plot straight out of CSI Las Vegas. Police said a 71-year-old Florida man staged his suicide in January to look like a murder, buying string, two weather balloons, and tanks of helium. I know this makes no sense. Alan J. Abramson was found dead by a dog near his $900,000 Palm Beach Gardens home on the morning of January 25th. The dog ran to the body, which was lying in a palmetto-lined field, the Washington Post had reported. Abramson was lying on his back with a bullet hole in his sweatshirt. Detective found clues. There was no weapon, no shell casings, and no sign of a struggle. An autopsy revealed that there was a hollow-point bullet lodged in Abramson's chest. And the case took a strange twist a week later, according to police reports, when Abramson's wife, Linda, had helped police unlock the husband's phone. And that led detectives to suggest a really strange theory. They theorized that it possibly was not a homicide, but possibly a suicide, according to the investigative reports, that he tied a gun to a string and attached it to the weather balloon. And once the shot was fired, the weather balloon ascended, carrying the weapon from the scene. That's why nothing was found. Police researchers found two examples that were similar to this case. A man tried to fake his murder by using a bundle of helium balloons, but his gun was carried into a cactus near his body. And the, ex- the other example was more plausible from a 2003 episode of CSI Las Vegas. On February 5th, police returned to the site where Abramson was found. Near a wall, they found rubber bands and some knotted string. And the next day, forensics investigators found a thin, straight trail of blood leading from Abramson's gunshot wound toward his shoulder, indicating that something had dragged the blood to the top of his shirt. The police's final report was released this week. A spokesman would not speculate on what Abramson's motive might have been. The family has not commented. So basically... He ties a gun to the weather balloon. It goes off. It takes off. So how does the gun shoot him? Well, he shoots himself. He shoots himself. He but puts then, the gun up his chest, right. he, but pulls then, the trigger. But the weather balloon is, is, is strong enough? The gun. Oh, yeah, sure. Strong enough are, to take... Oh, it's one of those huge things. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So to take the gun... Oh, yeah. 
So it just so that so then the the gun floats away. Absolutely. Remember that other kid, that balloon boy. He strapped himself to a launcher and then actually and took then off. And he actually to the went up. Sure. Yeah, and he actually went up. Do you remember that? No new story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those true stories. I think there's a video of it too. Yeah, yeah there's a well, there's a movie called The Red Balloon or something. So like why that. not just shoot yourself and then call I, it a day? Yeah, I, I because don't he wanted know. to blame his wife for the murder. He wanted to lay this all out as if he was murdered, not killed, not killed. But so he wanted to blame her because he couldn't stand her. Yeah. But there was no weapon found. Yeah, or else he was sick and tired. He wanted a pinata for his birthday instead of a balloon. I don't know what his his problem was, but whatever it was, he sure didn't (sighs) like his wife. I guess. Yeah, exactly. We've got to pause for the cause, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more weird stories after this short break. We continue our focus on crimes so stupid, you probably think we made them up. You have another one. I do. This is a really bizarre one. I have an one. interesting one. <laughs> it doesn't, does, there's no timeline, but uh, it's probably maybe in the aughts around then. Sure. Sex toy used in robbery. Ah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a man brandished a sex toy and threatened a clerk as he tried to hold up an adult bookstore. Of course. Right. So Keith Vetter was arrested Saturday... Following the incident at the XTC Adult Supercenter. Didn't know that there were supercenters. Mm-hmm. Adult Supercenter. <laughs> the Walmart of exactly. You got it. <laughs> the bookstore was under police surveillance because it had been robbed twice in the previous three nights. Um, deputies said Vetter entered the store and threatened a clerk, implying he had a gun. All he had in his pocket, however, was a plastic bottle. In an apparent attempt to add further emphasis to his demand, he allegedly took what is known as a vibrating tongue <laughs> off the shelf and waved it at the clerk. So he, as he shouted for the Yeah, exactly. No one was hurt. Detectives are investigating whether the men are linked to other robberies in St. Petersburg, Largo, and Tampa. So maybe he started a trend. They're going to do a trunk lineup. That's awesome. I'll tell you something, though. It does, wow. give, it does give new meaning to certain things. What? Gene Simmons. No? Yeah, right. Where were you? It's an awesome it, story. It, it, it is an awesome story. It new meaning story. to that old saying. Is that a tongue in your pocket, or are you just <laughs> glad to see me? I thought one? I thought when you said sex toy, it was going to be more like a taser kind of thing. Like well, that would be interesting—a sort of, vibrating yeah. tongue that would but shoot. But the vibrating, the vibrating tongue—I didn't even go Mo- down that road. Most yeah. women using this device report the effect is the same as a taser, <laughs> right. according to what I've read. Although we'd have to do a survey, I suppose. But how is that menacing to somebody behind the counter? Well, is my question. I, I was don't like, know. you know. How, how does that say, give me your money, if, you, if you're getting a, a plastic maybe, tongue waved at maybe you? Maybe the guy had dentures. There you go. <laughs> so it could be lethal, the lethal. It's it, the case of the lethal dentures. Exactly. <laughs> guy, or no, the guy no, it's all the about. It's, may... it's all about, it, if you watch uh, movies uh, and stuff, it's really all about taking control in the moment, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. Surprise. I mean, you could, right. you, yes. Element of surprise. Yeah, as long as you remain in control, get down, do this, you yeah. know, whatever. People are going to yeah. do what you tell them yeah. to do. So it's all psychological, somebody, isn't it? Right? It could yeah. be like a new movie. Instead of like it, it could be like the tongue, like kind of... 
runs around like on the floor. <laughs> like the forty-foot oh, tongue. Awesome. Exactly. Yeah, this forty-foot tongue. Yeah, like Godzilla. Miami. And Godzilla was, tongue. No one would even stop to notice it. Oh, look, honey, there's a forty-foot tongue. That reminds me. <laughs> da, 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 da. We gotta buy some bagels tonight to go with the tongue. <laughs> right. Oh, that's so good. That is such a classic story. But we're gonna end it right there. I'm sure we'll edit out half of this. Right. <laughs> no, it's great. Yeah, it's great. Okay. That's a perfect story to end on. Thank you so much for being here, um, Chris and Pilar. We will see you again with news stories. Uh, This has been awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. From your lips to our tongue. That was Chris Mancini, my partner in crime, and Pilar, my weird correspondent, talking about weird crimes and stupid people. Next up, it's story time, brought to you by Florida's Master of the Weird. This next story is not news. It's not even real. It's a fictional story by Florida's master of the weird, Charlie Carlson. Charlie often wrote impromptu short stories, and whenever he felt compelled to do so, he would just go to the computer and start writing. And whatever strange thought or storyline came out would most likely have you laughing, because that's just how Charlie rolled. This is one of those crazy, offbeat stories that just entered his head. Harry and Filma Goes to the Fair by Charlie Carlson. It was that exciting time of the year in Oakdale, and everyone was looking forward to the annual St. Francis County Fair, one of Florida's oldest fairs. Harry and Filma were excited, too, and with good reason. Filma's brother, Red Necker, had a big exhibit at the fair. Red had moved down from Alabama six months ago and moved in with Harry and Filma. He's a damn mooch, said Harry, who forced Red to go find a job. Things seemed promising when Red borrowed some money and started a septic tank pumping business. He purchased an old Mack truck with a big, rusty tank on the back and was drumming up business and figured having a trade exhibit at the fair would be a way to attract customers. Harry, who was not fond of his brother-in-law, complained. That thing is a damn hazard to the environment. Leaks shit all over the place. Harry was right. Three times code enforcement had cited Harry for allowing Red's big, nasty truck to be parked in from his house. Since Red never dumped the contents, the tank leaked all night long, sending a trail of crap down the street and causing neighbors to complain. On several occasions, Red had discreetly dumped a load of crap behind the playground at the elementary school. Another time, he forgot to close a valve and drove down Main Street stringing shit through the middle of town and causing a car to slide into a parking meter. That incident made the front page of the Oakdale Weekly News. Needless to say, it was a major embarrassment to Harry. Well, Harry was willing to ignore Red's past misdeeds and go to the fair. Filma was proud of her brother and called him a businessman. Ah, bullshit, growled Harry. If he's a businessman, then my ass is made of pure gold. Why would your ass be made of gold, quizzed Filma. Shut up, Filma, you dummy. My ass really ain't made of gold. I said that like a metaphor or one of them analogic things or whatever they call it. Didn't you take English? When Harry and Filma went into the exhibit building, they saw all kinds of displays. There were new cars from local dealerships. The Baptist Ladies Bake Club had a bunch of cakes and pies. The 4-H Club had a pig and chicken display. At the extreme end of all the exhibits was Red's display. 
You couldn't miss the big tank on the back of the truck with a big sign that read, Red's Quality Septic Service. And underneath was a catchy slogan, You dump, we pump. Red was standing by his truck and two large photographs of sewage. He was handing out flyers offering a 10% discount. He handed one to Harry. I don't want that. I wouldn't let you pump an outhouse, said Harry, pushing the flyer away. Just read it, begged Red. I wrote it myself. Harry glanced at the flyer, which read, When the shit gets too deep, call me. Whoa, this is wrong, exclaimed Harry. You can't say shit on an advertising flyer. Filma weighed in. Maybe Red should have wrote something like doo-doo or caca. Harry wadded the flyer up and threw it at Red. You're an idiot. How do you expect to get business by using offensive words? Filma tried to change the subject. Let's go ride something. I'll go too, said Red. I want to ride something that will twist and turn and goes a thousand miles an hour. I'll give you something to ride, said Harry in a disgusted tone, while secretly hoping his brother-in-law might get thrown from some high-speed ride. As they walked into the carnival area, Filma immediately saw the merry-go-round and wanted to ride it. Harry bought three tickets, and when the carousel came to a stop, they climbed on. Red mounted a large chicken on the outside. Harry climbed on a white horse with a flowing mane, and Filma boarded a large pink pig. Whoa, I feel like a kid again, exclaimed Red, holding the reins of his chicken. Yeah, well, I feel like a damn fool, said Harry. Looking over at Filma on the fat pink pig, looks like your ride fits you, snickered Harry. The music began playing She'll Be Coming Round the Mountain When She Comes, as the ride started slowly moving. The decorated carousel animals slowly began going up and down. Filma was hanging on, and Harry was pulling back on the reins to his horse. On the third round, Harry pulled back too hard on the reins, and the head of the horse fell off. What the hell? said Harry, holding the reins of his horse's head, which was now flopping around on the deck of the carousel. Oh, my, said Filma. Harry, your horse has lost his head. Red was belly laughing so hard, he almost fell off the chicken. (laughs) Harry, you broke the horse. You'll have to pay for it. Shut up, you damn son of a bitch. I didn't break it. it. It just fell off. As the carousel circled by the ride operator, Red yelled out, Hey, get a load of the headless horseman. I told you to shut up before I bust you in the ass, said Harry, now about to fall off the headless steed. The ride operator brought the carousel to a screeching halt. He climbed aboard to examine the damage. How'd this happen? Hell if I know, said Harry. I was riding this thing and, and, and boom, the whole damn head just fell off. I didn't do anything. Hmm, something smells a little fishy to me, said the ride operator, trying to fit the head back on the horse. It's not fish, said Harry, pointing at Red. It's shit. My brother-in-law pumps out septic tanks and sometimes gets his work on him. Will my husband have to pay to fix the head? Asked Filma, climbing down from her pink pig. No, just get on out of here, said the ride operator. But don't let that guy ride any more rides. Know of a weird place or have a weird tale to tell? Go to SoFloWeird.com. If you want more strange Florida stories, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and visit us on Facebook and Instagram. I'm Mia Lorenzo. Thank you for listening to the SoFlow Weird Show. This has been a Sideshow Charlie production inspired by Florida's master of the weird, Charlie Carlson. Stay weird, everybody.